17 years old and doing matric. It's not every day where you'd find such statistics in a person. 2019 was a pretty tough year as I had to shut off my social and sporting life all in favor of my academics. I told myself that everything would be fine once I get to university. You're going to meet new people every day, play sports all you want, and get to experience the thrill of attending a class consisting of hundreds of people, I said to myself. I passed my metric very well and qualified for undergraduate studies at Rhodes University. This university is in a different province, but traveling was one of the prices I was willing to pay if it meant I'd get to meet new people, play sports, and be in a lecture hall filled with people. February 2020 came and I had just gotten to Rhodes University. I signed up for sports societies and met new people who came from all walks of life. I was finally living the life I had envisioned as a matric learner. That life was short-lived because a month later, Corona happened. This pandemic meant new regulations had to be put in place so as to minimize the spread of the virus. Amongst these regulations was a ban of face-to-face -face contact between people. This now meant I couldn't live the life I had envisioned in varsity because most of my plans are dependent on face-to-face -face contact with people. I still had hope though, since the issuing of permits started just as the lockdown regulations were eased. My friends and I used to Skype call almost every day just so we could feel that varsity feeling we felt we were robbed. It's almost like we were schemers for one another. On the other side, academics were not really that bad. The only difficult thing for most students was switching to online learning myself included. When I was on campus, I was using the computers and the Wi-Fi at the library and the Jack Labs. This had to change when we were instructed to go back to our homes because of COVID-19. I didn't have a laptop and data was a rare asset since taxis couldn't work and my dad couldn't transport people anymore. The thought of coming back to Rhodes University pushed me and I understood that for me to come back, I had to pass very well and I did. I'm now doing second year journalism and media studies, and I can't wait to explore my journalistic side throughout the year. One thing the Corona podcast has shown is that we are not alone. You might feel as if you are the only person going through difficulties, and then you discover that many other people have stories that are similar to yours. Just like Little Honolo, I too dreamt of what my first year would be like. I thought that it was going to be the best year of my life. But soon I too had to make peace with remote and online learning. Here is my story. I remember the feeling of not being able to breathe from all the work. I was suffocating. Anxiety and panic became a norm for me as I tried to adapt to online learning back at home. It was difficult and quite overwhelming for me. It was stressful, but I tried to push through it all. I had set out a daily learning timetable just to make things a lot easier for me. I thought I had everything figured out until I had to sit down and actually do the work. As time went by, it became very difficult for me to concentrate on my work. I tried waking up at the crack of dawn to work, but all attempts failed. I was always feeling tired and less motivated. I'd constantly try not to make a noise because my granny always emphasized. Noise was the biggest distraction, even in the morning. I'd hear my mechanic neighbor fixing cars or Ama Piano songs like Umsebin's Way to Playing on Loud. Or if it's not my neighbor blasting Ama Piano music, it would be neighborhood chatter or noise from the car wash, which is right on the left side of our house. This would continue right through the afternoon to the end of the day, even in my household. Noise is one of many characteristics that define us. 
I'd always do house chores in the morning before I can do my work. I'd cook, clean, and help take care of my younger siblings during the day. With all the house chores and responsibilities, I'd be left feeling extremely exhausted and lazy to do my work at night. Network was also an issue. I sometimes wouldn't be able to access Are You Connected. When I'd finally access it, I'd have so much work to catch up on. Sometimes I'd even break down and cry while going through the work. The hardest part was trying to explain to my lecturers and tutors why I submitted late, or why I haven't been engaging with the work. I'll try to get help in order to understand the work. I had so many sleepless nights trying to get some work done. I'd sometimes quit from exhaustion. I'd attempt to sleep to get rid of the stress from work. But that would just end up with me tossing and turning, feeling guilty, disappointed, and frustrated. I'd sometimes cry myself to sleep and thinking a lot about dropping out. Then suddenly, I'd hear my grandmother's voice telling me, and her encouraging me to hold on ati nyamazelam danam sulatli temba. Those words pushed me to try my best when I felt like giving up. A sense of hope came over me when I received a permit to come back on campus. This meant I could concentrate on my work again. From there, everything slowly changed for the better. Our stories behind the masks. A podcast you can listen to at home. That is like way too straight to the point. Yeah, stay at home and listen to a podcast. Life in quarantine, the lockdown edition. Our stories behind the masks. Good morning. South Africa is struggling to adapt to some of the toughest restrictions in the world as it enters day two of its 21-day lockdown. Corona Diaries. Our, our stories behind it is now May 2021, and we are told that we will all soon be vaccinated. But the vaccine is not yet with us, and so much has happened to all of us over the last year while we continue to wait. Many of us have been ill with the virus, and many of us have also seen our loved ones become infected by the virus. Sinazo Kulugungu writes a letter to COVID-19 about the important life lessons that it has taught her. You, yes you, it's you that awoken me into a realization that this life thing is not fully guaranteed to anyone and that the present moments are the ones worth celebrating in present times. All it took was one cold Saturday morning and my perspective of life changed forever. When the school told us to vacate, I chose to be in lockdown with my mother in the Eastern Cape. On the 23rd of March, President Cyril Ramaphosa announced the first official national state of lockdown here in South Africa. You left us very uncertain. Your severity was pretty much unknown. You left a whole lot of us wondering what next. But one question we all had was how long are you going to be here for? Three months later, you're still around. And this time, we are on alert level three of lockdown. One Friday afternoon, my mother was getting ready for work. She kept telling me she wasn't feeling well and that her throat felt funny. I told her to drink some hot water and assured her she would be fine. I don't know, man. Something was very weird about that day. It was the first time ever I took pictures of my mother going to work. 
we were all jolly and happy making silly jokes while i was taking a view of her the last thing i told her was to wave goodbye as soon as i woke up on that cold saturday morning the first thing my mom told me was sinazo and it was right there in that moment when I had realized what she had done to my mother. She couldn't walk, talk properly, she had severe head and back aches. After two days, I experienced the same symptoms. I remember being in my bed with tears streaming down my face, googling, symptoms of coronavirus. Oh yes, that's your name. I recall seeing all the symptoms that I was experiencing. I remember thinking I was going to die knowing I haven't lived my life. I was wondering what you were doing to my body. Why was I so weak? When I walked out of the doctor's office the following Thursday with medication in my hand and a very painful butt injection, all I wanted to do was to thank you. Thank you for making me realize how fragile life is and that today is for living it to the fullest. At one point, death due to COVID-19 seemed like something far away. But as time progressed, it started getting closer and more personal. By now, we all know someone who has come face to face with the threat of death as a result of the virus. And when that happens to those nearest and dearest to us, there is so little that we can do to protect them. This is what happened to Daniel, who speaks fondly of his Oma who lived such a wholesome life and hoped to live to a hundred years. But sadly, he lost her to the virus. At this point, we want to express our heartfelt condolences to each of those who have lost loved ones due to COVID-19. One day she was fine. And then it all started going downhill from there. She decided to move in with us because she wasn't feeling that well. But we all thought that she'd just be back home in a few weeks because she'd always been so strong. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And she passed away just a few weeks after her 90th birthday. My Oma passed away in April last year during the first lockdown. It was sudden in the sense that we thought that it would never happen because about seven weeks before she died, she was living by herself and was still very healthy. She had lived a largely independent life and would constantly buy books on improving your health because she wanted to live to at least 100. Those seven weeks leading up to her death were taxing on the whole family. Each night someone had to sleep in the same room with her, and she ate less and less and got weaker and weaker as the days went by. Fortunately, two of my dad's siblings live in the same town as us, so they were able to help share the caring load. There were some initial problems with that as they were unable to get permits to move around. Although in Bathurst, things like that weren't policed, so it didn't prove to be an issue. When she eventually died, the emotions that I felt were a mixture of sadness and a loss of familiarity. Her and my opa lived on our property since I was around five years old, and I spent a lot of time at their house growing up, especially when my parents were at work. Even as I spent less time there as I got older, and after my opa passed away, I would still see my Oma regularly, especially during the holidays where my dad and I, and sometimes my cousin, would have coffee with her almost every day. After she passed away, it was still sometimes weird to think that she wasn't next door, or that she wouldn't be walking across the lawn to come say hi, or to get something. And I think that ending of the familiarity of her being around 
was the hardest part of her death. We have come to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for joining us to listen to our first episode of the third season of Corona Diaries podcast. At the end of May, two weeks from now, we will be sharing the next episode where we will hear more from the Corona Diaries class of 2021. Do keep a lookout for that episode on our website and social media pages. Remember, you can engage with us using social media at Rose underscore GMS on Twitter and at Corona.adiaries on Instagram. Contributions for this episode has been made by Daniel Root, Lise Kognotani, Sinazo Kulugungu, and Lisho Honolo Mugwen. Bringing the world to you. The Corona Diaries. Activate countdown. Somewhere for things to just be normal again. My diary, a corona. Our stories behind the mask.